morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Today is a special day because we have the Lord's Supper. Many of you know that as communion. The Bible refers to it as the Lord's Supper. And I'm going to kind of flip the script here. Normally, uh, no matter what I'm teaching or sharing, preaching, I give an opportunity at the conclusion of what I'm sharing for people to accept Christ or rededicate their life to the Lord. I'm going to flip that and do that right now because... Paul tells us when he uh, reiterates what Jesus said at the Last Supper, he goes on to explain that we want to examine our hearts before we do this. It's important. In fact, he said, that's why many of you are sick and even die because you're not taking the things of God seriously. Pretty strong words. So with that, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're new here and I want to welcome you. Kind of a strong first couple of words out of the pastor's mouth, but I want to welcome you, and I want to give everyone here an opportunity to accept Christ if you've never done that before. What happens when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? God forgives you of all of your sin, past, present, and future, clean slate. But not only that, you have your name written in God's book, the Lamb's Book of Life, and so we're all going to stand before the Lord. Those who have their names in the Lamb's Book of Life will live forever in eternity in heaven. And so you certainly want to do that. Now, what might be stopping you is your intellect, your mind. You don't understand all the theological ramifications of doctrine and things like that. Quite big, deep questions like, does Adam and Eve, did they have an, a belly button or not? You know, those deep, deep concerning questions. And, you know, there's just some things that we're never going to know until this side of heaven. And uh, don't let your mind get in the way of having faith. It takes, it requires faith to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I, before we have communion, I want to give you an oppor opportunity to do that. You ready? Will you bow your heads? If you'd like to invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior, receive forgiveness of sins. Or maybe today rededicate your life to the Lord because you're not walking with the Lord the way you should. Now's the time to do that. And there's a prayer that I'd like you to say. In fact, I'd like everybody to say it. If you're watching online, you can say this prayer and it's still legitimate. Even though you're watching online, it works. Pray this prayer, dear Jesus. I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. I now ask you, be my Lord and Savior. Be the master of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, listen, if you invited Christ maybe for the first time into your heart, or you rededicated your life to the Lord, I want to just welcome you to the family of God. And make sure you fill out a connection card before you leave. And just let me know what you did today. And I want to encourage you in your faith. If you don't have a Bible, let me know after service and I'll get you a Bible. I've got Bibles for you. So Paul continues to uh, explain some of the criteria for the Lord's Supper communion. And what we do here is we serve an open communion, meaning... It's between you and God. Uh, if you have a relationship with Jesus, that's the criteria. If you just prayed that prayer, you've just been certified. It's a joke. You, you can have 
communion. And so um, I want to give you some instructions on that uh, in just a moment. One of the things that Paul asks us to do is to examine our hearts. And so we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. And this is a time, I use a phrase, Paul says, examine your hearts. I say, come clean, come clean before God. Let, let the Spirit of God minister to you those areas of your life that don't please God. And then just lift that up to the Lord and say, Lord, take this sin, take this struggle, take this challenge and, and lift it from me right now. And he will, he, he will do that. And then as soon as we're done, I'll give you some instructions for uh, communion. Will you bow your heads once again? Father, examine our hearts, each one of us. And I want you to take a moment, nobody say anything. If you're online, you can do the same. Just take a moment, listen to the Holy Spirit, listen to God. Maybe reveal those things that you need to deliver to the Lord right now. Just say, God, take this attitude of mine, my speech that doesn't please you always, this habit that I need to give to you and have victory over. Whatever it is, it could be anything. Just take a, a moment in silence between you and God right now. Father, we thank you that you do listen to our prayers and that your mercies are new every morning, Lord. You offer full pardon through your son, Jesus Christ. And we're so grateful for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Here's the instructions. If you'd be so kind, go ahead and stand to your feet. Exit out this side, come up, get your cup, and then go back down the center aisle to your seat. Once everybody's been seated, we'll partake together. If you're at home, go ahead and get a cracker, piece of bread, some juice, whatever it is you're going to use, and you can join us online. If you'd be so kind to open up that top layer, that will reveal this wafer. If you're at home, if you've got a cracker, a piece of bread, or whatever you'd like to use, you can do that at this time. Once you have that in hand, hold it up, that let, lets me know you're ready to go.
please hold that bread up? Scripture says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you. We praise you for sending your son over 2,000 years ago to give us life, give us hope, give us a reason to live. God, we're grateful for the love and the salvation that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Let's partake. When you have the cup ready, please hold it up. I was telling first service that you can actually order these cups now, the Super Deluxe Elite Quiet Cup. <laughs> they're, they're pretty pricey, but it's quiet so you don't hear any noise. And I, I, like, I was thinking just before I hit the buy button, I was thinking, you know, I like the noise. It's, it sounds like it, it's raining. You can't hear this online, but when everybody's opening their cup, it almost sounds like it's raining in here. And I like that. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And Father, we're grateful that we look back at our salvation that comes through you and only through you, Jesus. We're grateful for that. But we look ahead to the time that you come and rapture us up. You take us up with you. And we long for that, Lord. We're grateful for the life, the mercy, the love that you give to us so graciously. We love you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' name, let's partake. Well, today we're going to continue our teaching series called A Balanced Life. The focus this morning is on the body. And over the last number of weeks, I've been sharing with you in this series that God's created a spirit, soul, and body. And we've taken a look at each one of those areas and how that relates. And the understanding that if one area is out of balance, it bleeds over into the other areas. It affects every area of your life. And so this morning... As I said, the focus is on the body, our physical bodies, and, and I'm going to talk about some things that might uh, be interesting to you or may not be interesting, might uh, be upsetting to you. You might be thinking, why on earth are we talking about getting into shape and eating right and exercising in church? I mean, cut me a break, Pastor Steve. I get enough grief with this stuff and the shame that I feel when I don't do it, and now you're going to pour it on at church. And listen, I'm not here this morning, and I promise you, I'm not here to put, on a, put a guilt trip on you or make you feel guilty about not being in shape, okay? That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we're talking about getting physically fit, 
And again, I emphasize that God created us, spirit, soul, and body. When one area is out of whack, it bleeds over into the other areas. It affects every area of your life. And, you know, the last number of weeks I've been teaching this series, it's a topical series, and it's different maybe from what you've heard from me in the past because I teach expositionally, verse by verse through books of the Bible, and then all of a sudden I'm doing this. And I felt it was important to kick in the new year with a message such as this that'll help you in a very practical way in those areas of spirit, soul, and body, and just how God made us and how uh, we're stewards of each one of those areas. We have a responsibility to be balanced in those areas. And so God cares about all the air, everything about you, including your body. All those things are important. God cares about every part. And so we have our verse that I'm going to start with. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'd like you, if you would, please stand to your feet if you can. I want us to be a little formal this morning and stand in the presence of reading God's Scripture, God's Word. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. We're going to read this out loud together starting now. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this message does convict, but I pray it encourages each one of us the importance of of our bodies, and Lord, that you would minister and and, uh, empower us to take what we hear today and move forward in our life in a way that pleases you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seat. Notice in that passage, a couple of things. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and was given to us by God, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And then Paul says, you do not belong to yourself. You belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. You realize that? You don't own you. God does. You belong to God. He paid for you with a high price, the price of his son. And so basically that's what the verse says. Our body belongs to God. There's a word that's used over and over again in Scripture. It's called stewardship. And that word is synonymous with another word, manager. And that's, in essence, what you and I are. We, are, we manage our bodies. We manage everything that's been given to us, our finances, everything. We're managers of it. God owns it all. Just like this, he can take it all away. We manage our, Paul refers to our bodies as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it is a responsibility that both you and I have to take care of our bodies. It's important that we do so. In other words, our body is on loan to us from God. And if you think for a moment, God loans us our bodies for 60, 70, 80, 90 plus years. I'm shooting for way over 100. I don't know about you, okay? But none of us know how long our bodies are going to last or how long they're going to keep working. And so it's important that we take care of our bodies the best that we can. Amen? And, And you see, I think a lot of people have bought into the philosophical idea that our bodies are not that important. They're just a container that holds our spirit and our soul. But that's not true. Our bodies are important. And, and maybe you've bought into that idea that when you die, um, it's just your spirit 
or your soul that goes to heaven, your body doesn't go anywhere, and, and you, maybe you believe you're going to become a ghost or an angel or something like that. Those are not scriptural ways of thinking. The Bible says that when you die, you're not, you're, you won't just be a spirit. You'll have a brand new body. A new body. Think about it. I'm thinking what, between like 18 and 25? You know, I, I certainly don't think God's going to give us a 95-year-old body, do you? I mean, come on, give me a break. So we're going to have a new body. And the Bible says that in heaven, there's not going to be any mourning or weeping or, or any, those kinds of things. So it's going to be a body without aches and pains. Praise God for that. I want you to look at this next passage I have on the screen for you. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.14, and God's going to raise our bodies. Can you say our bodies? God's going to raise our bodies from the dead by his power, just as he raised up the Lord Jesus Christ. So God cares about your body. And it's important that uh, we think seriously about how much our bodies matter to God and, and how we should treat our bodies to, in essence, honor God. And so I'm going to start off the message with stating what I believe are five necessary pillars for us to live a physically healthy life. Five necessary pillars. And the first one's water. Water, you know, you have to have water. Now, some of you uh, have a little water with your coffee, right? And somebody says, how much water do you drink a day? I drink about two pots of water a day, you know. But that's coffee, and that's different. That's a diuretic, okay, if you haven't figured that out. If you're drinking two pots of coffee, I'm sure there's a restroom nearby, right? So water's important. To be healthy, uh, the, I am always careful now how I say this. The experts say, okay, the experts say that uh, you need to drink at least three quarts of water every day. That's a lot of water. But wa our body is made up mostly of water. So we need water. And, and the more water you, you drink, the better you feel. It's just a good thing. Good, clean water. So water is essential. It's one of the pillars for us to stay alive. Without water, you die. The second one is sleep and rest. And science says, and I don't know, okay, here we go again. But uh, adults need seven to nine hours of sleep every night. How many of you get seven to nine hours of sleep every night? Raise your hand. Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> no, I told you I wasn't going to shame you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seven to nine hours of sleep. But don't you know when you sleep a, a good amount of time, you, you feel better? Somebody asked me not too long ago, how'd you sleep last night? And I said, I slept just like a baby. I woke up every two hours and cried, <laughs> you know. But, you know, the older you get, the older you get, you know, you, all those pains, all those injuries you had growing up and from athletics and different stunts and things like that. And when the older you get, there's a thing called arthritis that sets in. And uh, we don't want to talk about that, do we? But sometimes it's hard to sleep at night, right? So there's a little bit of truth to that. And then the other pillar, so you got water, sleep and rest is pillar two. And then pillar three is whole or real foods. <laughs> now, let's, <laughs> okay, let's confess here. Whole and real foods. So we have a contract with Panera Bread, and, and we pick up, everything that they didn't sell that was made last night, yesterday afternoon. So it's pretty fresh. 
And so it's there every Sunday. It'll, it'll be there as long as we pick it up. It's for us. We're, we've got first dibs, dibs on it. We've supplemented that, all the pastries and the breads and all those things. By the way, do you like it? Yes. Do you like that? Yeah. If you're online, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but at the end of our patio, we have just a great display of pastries and breads, all different kinds of breads. If you go into Panera, it's basically everything they have right there on our, pia- on our patio. Then we supplement it with donuts. Okay, we do. We supplement it with donuts. Hey, don't judge me. Don't judge me. We supplement it with, with donuts, and then, we, of course, we have coffee. We've got regular and decaf and hot chocolate out there, too, and tea. So it's like a continental breakfast every Sunday. Somebody came up to me. I won't mention any names, Randy, but um, <laughs> they, they said, you know, I, I've got an idea. Those donuts are actually whole foods. You know, we're talking about whole foods, legitimate whole foods, healthy foods. They're whole foods because they have a hole in them. Okay. So anyway, but uh, I mean, you can say whatever you can to kind of justify, you know, as the pastor said, eat whole foods. It's got a hole in it. Um, but it's whole foods. Now we're getting serious. Unprocessed foods, untainted by, by um, preservatives, um, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, foods with color in them. That's a pillar, eating healthy. It's difficult to do these days, isn't it? With all the fast food and just restaurants and the selection that we have, even in the grocery stores. But it makes uh, so much sense to read labels and, and get acclimated to what's in the product. Now, some of the, when you're reading those labels, it's difficult. I mean, some of those words are like 16 syllables long. Which, if you break it down, if it's a big, long word and you don't know what it means, it probably means yuck, right? It's probably not good for you. Processed foods, chemicals, things like that that preserve the food, none of that's good for you. It's just not good for you. You know that. It doesn't make you feel good. It does things in your body. It creates addiction to those certain foods and things like that. You ever notice, like, Pringles? You can't just eat one, right? It, th- those kinds of things, it's just not good for you. Now, again, I'm not here to shame anybody, but it, it would do all of us well to be aware of what we're eating and, and really pay attention to what we're eating and then look and change behaviors to eat whole foods, healthy foods. Now, I'm not telling you to get crazy about this because I'm going to talk about how sometimes we can cheat on foods and things like that. But whole foods, when you eat healthy, you feel better. It's just better for you. It really is. And so water is number one pillar. Sleep and rest. Talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Whole foods and real foods. Exercise. It doesn't just tone muscles. It it lowers stress. It prevents disease in your life. Uh, Exercise. I'll talk a little bit more about that. That's one of the pillars. It's important. Uh, and then freedom from stress. Who wants freedom from stress? Raise your hand. Everybody, we want freedom from stress. And it's not necessarily avoiding stressful situations. I mean, life happens. Life is challenging and stressful. But it's really how you handle it or the attitudes that you embrace or develop when in a stressful situation that are either healthy or unhealthy. Does that make sense? So those are the five pillars. I went quickly. Water, sleep, rest, um, whole foods, good foods, real food, um, not holy donuts. Okay. Exercise. 
just a body in motion stays in motion. Um, and then freedom from stress, just handling stress appropriately. So uh, it's important for us to come to grips with the fact that how we treat our bodies today, right now, is going to affect tomorrow. It really does. Amen. So over the next few minutes, I'm going to share with you three what I would call physical disciplines. I know that word discipline is not a popular word, but uh, three physical disciplines that I believe, I really do, will help you have a healthier life. And again, you might be thinking, why are we talking about this stuff in church? Well, God cares about you. He cares about your body. And uh, as I shared over and over again over the last number of weeks, God created us spirit, soul, and body. A tripartite. Three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. If one of those areas is out of balance, it throws everything out of whack. It just does. So we've covered the spirit, your spirit. We covered the soul and, and the realization that the soul is that what they call the seat of passion. It, it's the arena that the enemy attacks us, the soul, because it's where we have emotions and feelings and, and he attacks us there. And, and so we talked about how it's the spirit, our spirit man is made alive when we become born again, converted in Christ. And that needs to take a preeminent role in us walking with the Lord. The fruits of the spirit are manifested when we are walking in the spirit. A soulish Christian is somebody who is led by their feelings and emotions. And that's dangerous because that's the arena where the enemy works. Okay, We learn that the body is the first encounter with the material world through our five senses. That's what we learn. This is how God created us. God is, is three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God. And so he created us as three as well. So there are three physical uh, disciplines I'm going to share with you. And a discipline basically simplified is being able to say no to something and being able to say yes to something that's good for you. I'll break it down that way. I shared with the first service that, that uh, men mature slower than women. Ladies, say amen. amen. Okay. Boy, that was awfully hearty. <laughs> so, you know, they, they've told us, they meaning scientists and educators, that uh, men don't mature. Their frontal cortex, that's the area of the brain that reasons, that's the area of the brain that thinks through consequences, okay, to actions. I know you guys are laughing right now, but that doesn't fully develop in a man till they're around 26. I'm beginning to wonder if it's maybe 66. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, so discipline is to be the ability to say no to something, to kind of engage assess and say, you know, that's not probably not what I want to do. That's not going to be good for me. Although it might feel good and, and, and satisfy me right this moment, the consequence of that is the shame. And it's, it's that discipline to be able to say, no, I'm, I'm just not going there. It, it's the ability to say yes to the things that are good. Do you understand what discipline is now? It, it's not engaging in instant gratification. It's, it's holding off and saying, you know what, there are greater rewards if I make good and, and better choices. So the first discipline is this. Consider what I eat every day. 
There's a lot of talk in Scripture about food and what's acceptable and what's not. But consider what you eat every day. And I'm not, I'm talking about being able to honor God by beginning to think about what you put into your body. We talk, let's talk about donuts, okay? Eating a donut is not a sin. It's not. Having dessert after meal, that's not a sin. It's not. God created us with the ability to eat and to enjoy uh, food. Uh, even Jesus feasted in the New Testament. I think he liked Krispy Kreme, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but, uh, but it's about setting limits. It's about having discipline. It's setting limits uh, and maintaining those limits. Here's what Paul said. I find this fascinating. In 1 Corinthians 6.12, he says, Everything is permissible to me, but everything, but not everything is beneficial. Okay? Everything is permissible for me. He, he repeats that, but then he says, but I will not be mastered by anything. Wow. Think about it. I mean, what foods master you? They can because they have a chemical uh, reaction to your body. There's things that we have in our body, dopamine, things that, that give us, uh, you can use the term, a fix. You know, if you have a hard time with sweets and sugars and candies and chocolate and things like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Of course, I'm not being honest with you because I like sweets. But I know that, you know, when I go, I, in fact, if there's sweets in the house, I will find them. <laughs> and I know if I eat them, they don't have a good effect on me. I don't feel really good afterwards. You, you know what I'm talking about? The older you get, the more you realize the effects that food have on you and your body and your mind. But if I have sweets in my home, I will find them. And I know that I probably shouldn't eat them. But guess what? I do anyway. They're there, you know, and somebody's got to eat it. But there comes a point in time where it's about 9, 30, 10, and it's like, man, I know there's some candy in the pantry. I, I know I'm going to be going to bed soon, but ah, the heck with it. I'm going to go get the candy. You know, do I do that every night? No. Do you do that every night? I hope not. But it comes to a point in time where if that is something like you just have to have, you're jonesing for it, you need that fix, then it's mastered you. There, there's some chemicals that go on in the body that, that are, are driven by certain foods that you eat. And, by the way, many foods are developed that way. So they draw you to keep coming back for more. Nicotine in cigarettes, caffeine in drinks, Right? It, 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 they're, they're put in there for that purpose. It's a profit margin for them. But it messes us up and it, it gets to a point where those things master us. So eating's not a sin, but when, it, when overeating masters you, it becomes sin, okay? And we have all kinds of statistics about obesity in America. And, and they're... The stats are really, really high with how many people are, are, are obese. And there are reasons for that. And I'm not going to get into all of that. 
But it's not surprising to me that gluttony, gluttony in the Bible is considered one of the seven deadly sins. And in reality, hundreds and hundreds of Americans die every day because of that, because they're not putting into their body the things that bring health and healing. Uh, eating healthy and eating less is a discipline. And it's not an easy one, right? It's just not. But it's a discipline. And studies show, and this is interesting, that our brain uh, is about 15 to 20 minutes behind our appetite. And what I mean by that, and, you, and test me on this, it, 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 it works. When you're eating, a lot of people, depending on how you grew up, you know, if you grew up, uh, maybe similar to how I grew up where food was put in front of me and I always had a hard time at dinner time, but I, was, I had to eat everything that was put on my plate, you know. Now, now that's not too hard. <laughs> you know, I don't have a problem with that anymore. And so what happens is when you're eating, it takes about 15 to 20 minutes before you have that sense of feeling full. And a lot of people eat till they feel full, and then that 15 or 20 minutes goes by, and then they feel stuffed and, and miserable. It's, try this. It's really fascinating. You'll eat something, and you'll feel like you want to eat more, but in about 15, 20 minutes, you're satisfied. If you can just be patient for the, that, those 15 or 20 minutes, you'll feel that satisfaction. You won't have that drive to eat more. And so this constitutes the need to maybe eat smaller portions. Just put smaller portions. That's a great way to lose weight. Just smaller portions. Because in about 15 to 20 minutes, you'll feel satisfied. Smaller portions than what you're used to. Start with that. And so you have to discipline yourself to, to know that, okay, my brain's going to tell me I'm going to be full, so I need to stop right now. And, and by the way, if you eat out a lot, it, it, it's really an economical thing to do to, to box up half your meal. Then you have enough, you've got two meals for the price of one, which is really about the price of what it's worth <laughs> nowadays, right? With all the prices that have increased. And then, but this is not all about food, this first point. It's easy to talk about food, but it's not all about food. It's anything that you put into your body that hurts your body. Smoking. You know, a couple hundred years ago, I don't know if you knew this, but it was common for the pastor to smoke even from the pulpit. J just a minute. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, because it was just a cultural accepted thing. But over the years, we have learned that it's not healthy. It's just not good for you. It's, it's, it, it creates a lot of issues health-wise. And so uh, it hurts your body. Uh, doing anything excessively, drinking excessively, alcohol, that's not good for you. And so anything in excess, the Bible talks about doing things in moderation, okay? Honor God with whatever enters your body. Now here's discipline number two. Somebody say, amen, we're done with the food thing. Yeah, but I want to encourage you really to think about what you put in your body. Look for whole foods, read the labels. Uh, there are places, and th these days they're more accessible than ever before. There are stores that sell 
organics and whole foods. Just read the label. If you're not familiar, look things up. Talk to somebody. You know, a great resource right here at Eagle Ridge Church is sitting in the front row. Sean and Monica Valcarcel right here. Raise your hand. They, no, they eat healthy, and they've got a, they, they could help. They could help you. And, um, <laughs> well, Monica's here. But listen, they, they can give you some advice if you need, so, need some and tell you some local places where you can uh, obtain whole foods. Discipline number two is to stay active and exercise regularly. Uh, I've included both of those, staying active and exercise regularly. As a nation, we're less physically active than we've ever been in our history. You know, we started out as an agrarian society. That means we were farmers and hunters and things like that. Then the Industrial Revolution came in. It just changed everything. Now the digital revolution is here. And, and, and most jobs now, you're sitting, not all, but a lot of them, you're sitting in front of a screen. And, and so there's problems with that. We're not as active as we used to be. And our jobs don't give us an ability to be active. And uh, one stat said oh, close to 70% of American adults do not engage in any vigorous leisure time physical activity at all. You know, you work behind a screen all day, you go home, you eat, you get on the couch. And so there's no active lifestyle going on. And um, that's alarming. And then I looked up the Nielsen. Nielsen's an organization that monitors uh, what you watch and how many hours you watch it. And they've also included now not just television time, but, you know, the, the screen time. Screen time can be that time where you're on your phone. And I know none of you do this, but you're on your phone all the time. And I, I saw, and this alarms me when I see people going across a busy crosswalk intersection looking at their phone there's no situational no situational awareness they have faith you know that people are actually going to stop you know and they're glued to their phone and there's just no awareness of possible dangers don't even, you can't even move out of the way because you're glued to your phone but just that screen time iPads phone uh, computer and, and then you know the addition of, of television and it's not just television it could be Netflix Amazon Prime, YouTube videos, things like that. All that is typically things that you do while you're sitting or laying down. You're, you're sedentary. You're not active during, during those things, during, during that screen time. And, and the percentages of people that spend more than four hours a day, four to eight hours a day on screens, it, it's alarming. And it's not healthy. And so we have to wake up to the fact that God has given us bodies that were designed to move and to be active. They really are. And studies prove that exercise lowers stress. If you got into any kind of exercise regimen, you'll realize you start thinking more clearly. You start feeling better. You start uh, having the ability to handle stressful situations in a more healthy manner. And so... Um, and I've heard a lot of, uh, well, let me just say, exercise and an active life is not only good for you physically, it's good for your, your mental state as well. It really is. I always encourage people who are going through very challenging times in life, start exercising. 
and that'll change how you feel. It'll, it'll pull you right out of that negative mode. And if you have some physical uh, limitations to what you can do, figure out what you can do. There are some things you can do. You can use upper body move, movements and different exercises like that that you can do if you can't get up on your feet. There's a lot of things that, that will bring health and healing, not just to your body, but to your mind. And when your mind is thinking clearly and, and you're in that realm of, of looking at the glass as half full instead of half empty, life's just better. It's just better that way. Now, I've heard a lot of excuses why people don't work out and why they're not active, and, but I've never heard one as good as the one I found in the Bible. You ready? This is the greatest excuse I've ever seen. Proverbs 22:13. it's on the screen. It says, the lazy person claims there's a lion out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. What a great excuse. I don't want to go outside. I can't go to school today. I don't want to go to the gym. There's a lion out there. This, this tops all the excuses I've ever heard. This is great. And it's in the Bible. But you know what? I think we ought to just get rid of excuses right now. What do you think? Let's just start right now. Let's get rid of it. In fact, let's, let's do jumping jacks. You ready? One, two, three, come on. Let's start right now to, to live a more healthy life. So I want you to consider a number of things. What you eat. Take it serious. You're, you're going to feel so much better eating healthy, eating whole foods. Consider being more active. What, if it's walking, that's a great way to start, low impact. If it's swimming, low impact. If it's running, if it's an exercise bike, a treadmill, whatever. Uh, marching around in your home, reading scripture, however you want to do it. Okay? There's a lot of creative things that you can do. The third physical discipline that we're going to look at is take time to rest every week. And I'm going to conclude here, all right? Take time to rest every week. It's one of the biggest causes of our health issues, problems, our health deteriorating is just not getting enough rest. And, and I'm going to close with this. God says to take a rest. God took a rest. God knows everything. He, he, he's perfect. He created everything, and he took a day off. If God needed to do that or wanted to do that, we should do that. And he tells us to do that. But I love the way... It doesn't need to become a legalistic thing, okay? Jesus said this, in Mark, and I'm going to close with this, Mark 2, 27. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath, Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. In other words, rest is what you and I really need. We need to take time to get rested up and energized. There's nothing like getting a good night's sleep there's nothing like getting rest, taking a day where we just disengage with everything, work, and, and, um, and rest and spend time with the Lord. Sunday is a great day, and this is, for most of you, this is your Sabbath. Sabbath is that day of rest. And um, this is not my Sabbath because I'm working. <laughs> Tomorrow's my Sabbath. Monday's my Sabbath. So I don't, know, I don't always usually don't return phone calls or texts and things like that. Uh, Monday's my Sabbath. It's a time where I disengage. But today, for most of you, is, today's your Sabbath. And so you're here, you're worshiping the Lord, 
And I want, you, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about a balanced life, being balanced in the area of our spirit, our soul, and then today our body. And I may share more with you on this next week to be continued, okay? But for now, I want to challenge you to make some commitments about taking care of you. Taking care of you. You're the only one that's going to take care of you. Taking care of yourself physically. Think about it. What are some of the areas that you could improve in to have a healthier life? Healthier, happier life? More productive? God has a plan for you and He has a purpose for your life. You don't know how many days you have but while you're here, take care of yourself. Amen. Will you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can look at subjects like taking care of ourselves and bringing health and healing through the foods and the exercise and the things that we do, the intake to our bodies. God, I pray that uh, if there are commitments that need to be made this morning, that they are made in this area, in the area of just, okay, I'm going to start eating better. I'm going to start really looking at what I put into my body. And I'm going to take care of, I'm going to manage, I'm going to steward what God's given me on loan because He owns everything. And I'm going to just take care of it. I'm going to be faithful in that. Lord, if there, if there are individuals this morning that would make that commitment, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. And in your heart, you don't have to say anything. Would you make that commitment today, starting today, to take care of your body, to glorify God? Would you make that commitment today? Father, those who are making that commitment today, I pray that you would honor that, bless, encourage, empower them to do so. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise team's going to close us in a song, and then you are dismissed. God bless you.